You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 167 with Ron Carter. Today, we're paying it forward to children around the world. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on in your world today, men of abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. And today's episode is getting me all caught up. If you've been listening for a while over the holidays, I got behind quite a bit. So this one gets me all caught up and we'll be back on track starting with tomorrow's episode. And today I have something very new for you. This was inspired by Dan Miller. And just in case you don't know who Dan Miller is, he is the author of 48 Days to the Work You Love, many other books. He's got a podcast called 48 Days Podcast, which I absolutely love. And that's where I got this idea from. I had a conversation with Dan earlier last week. So you're going to be hearing directly from him here pretty shortly on Men of Abundance. But on his show, he has a good news story episode, or not an episode, but a part of his show where he tells a couple good news stories, and he does it right up front at the very beginning of his show. Well, here's the thing. All of Men of Abundance pretty much is a good news story, aside from the kick in the gut moment, but then we get into the good news story, and every single episode pretty much is a good news story. But I like to hunt the good stuff. It's something that I've done for many years because there's so much negativity in the world that it drowns out all of the good stuff, and quite frankly, the good stuff doesn't get reported. That's another reason why I wanted to do this hunt the good stuff portion of the episode at the beginning of every episode because there are many men and women out there who are doing amazing things and I simply can't talk to all of them. And many of them are so busy that they simply can't make the time to get on every single podcast that reaches out to them. And I'm telling you, I do reach out to many of them. So since I can't get some of them on the show to have a conversation with them, I'm going to lift them up on the show anyway, just to give them the support that they need and to get their story and message out there. And here's the cool thing. I want to get you involved because I would love for you to send me good news stories. If you know of any good news stories that you would like for me to highlight or even possibly have a conversation with the people behind the story, I would love for you to make that connection or send me the good news story, bring it to my attention. So if you happen to find a good news story on Facebook or on social media, tag it with a hashtag MOA good stuff, MOA good stuff, just tag MOA good stuff. I'll be looking for those. And then that way I can also give you credit for tagging me and bringing it to my attention. If it's not on Facebook, then either send it to me on a Facebook message or whatever, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, however you're connected with me, just make sure I get that story because I'm always finding stories. I would just love to highlight one of the stories that you find, especially if it's something that's going on in your community. So before we hunt the good stuff today, I want to make sure that you are abundant in your day today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with as many people as you come in contact with, or as I always say, at least the ones that you like. 
And if you could, go over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. I absolutely love reading those. I want the feedback, but it also pushes us up in the search engines so more people can find Men of Abundance and these amazing stories and conversations. All right, so let's hunt the good stuff. I've got two amazing stories for you today. The first one is near and dear to my heart because I'm a veteran, and not only am I a veteran, I am a retired Army medic. So every time I see or hear of a fellow veteran doing amazing things in the world, it just makes me feel that much better and that much more proud. So this first story is about fellow veteran Travis Mills. Now, I did reach out to his people. I reached out to him and tried to get him on the show, and they tried, but they reluctantly had to decline because they truly are so busy. I mean, this guy has been on Ellen. He's been on all the news channels. He is so booked up. Plus, he's, of course, he's trying to live his own life, for goodness sake. And I truly respect that. So I'm going to tell his story right here. Plus, I'm going to have the video that I'm going to reference in the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash 167. So make sure you go check that out. But Travis was on his third tour in Afghanistan when he stepped on an IED. He woke up a while later on his birthday and found out that he was a quadruple amputee. And of course, as you can imagine, he didn't feel his life was worth anything. His wife decided to stay with him, which is an amazing thing, an amazing woman, of course. And since his wife was going to stay with him and his daughter Chloe was going to be with him, he figured it was time for him to get his stuff together and get better. So that's what he did. But as you can imagine, it was no easy task. And he was introduced to a trainer, Divine Intervention, got him and an amazing trainer together. And that story, how he he was introduced to his trainer, is in the conversation that he had with Ellen. So I'm also going to have that video posted in the show notes. And guys, there's a couple reasons why I wanted to share this story with you. And one is the amazing example of the resilience that Travis had. And it came from many different sources because had he been left on his own, he certainly wouldn't have been where he is today, unfortunately. And as far as I can tell, there's three major people that came into his life. Well, one was the hospital, Walter Reed. He really started rehabilitating there. But then another quadruple amputee came in and basically welcomed him to the club, even though that was no club he wanted to be a part of. But that man was one of the first steps towards Travis's rehabilitation. Second, of course, is his wife and his baby. His wife told him that he was, she was going to stick around. She was there for him till the end. That is how this should work. They were married. They have a child together. The father of her child, she was going to stick by him through thick and thin. And this is about as thick as it could possibly get. And then, of course, his trainer, David Verbora, who was a former NFL player who blew out his shoulder and became a trainer and was introduced to Travis and they just hit it off right away. So that show of resilience and having strong people in his life really made a huge difference. The other reason why I wanted to bring up this story is because Travis has gone on further to help other veterans who are going to camps to get rehabilitated, but their families couldn't go along. So Travis found thought that that just wasn't right because he had his family with him much of the time when he was going through his rehabilitation, and it's critical that their families are there by their side. So Travis started setting up a fund so that the families could accompany the veterans along with their rehabilitation to these various camps. Travis, I've already mentioned it to you through our initial connection. Thank you very much for everything that you've done. Thank your family very much. And thank you, thank you for everything that you're doing for veterans and their family. It means so much to all of us. 
All right, I got one more Hunt the Good Stuff story for you before we get into our featured guest today. And this one is about what Colorado has been doing with their homeless population. So in case you haven't heard, as of November of 2016... Denver, Colorado has been employing their homeless population and giving them jobs at $12.95 an hour. These guys have been doing everything from cleaning gutters to doing some clerical work, many different types of jobs based on basically what needs to be done and what some of their skills are. And at $12.95 an hour, that is amazing. And over the last year, just over a year, they've employed 280 homeless people. Now, here's the cool thing that's happening. As a result of this, many of these homeless people are getting jobs because employers, other businesses are seeing these people work. And as a result of that, they have employed almost half of the 280 people have actually gotten jobs. And 15 of them were actually hired by the city, by Denver. So initial conversations, when you start start thinking about this, about employing the homeless population and paying them $12.95 an hour, your first thought might be the cost. But then when you look at what's actually happening and these people are actually getting off the streets and getting jobs, I got to tell you, I would have never seen that happen, but it just makes sense because these people are getting their dignity back. They're getting employment. That's what they need. That's what they want. They want to work. So Denver is giving them jobs, and then the other employer, they're, they're getting their dignity back. They're standing upright. Employers are seeing this. They're seeing the skills that they have and that they want to work. And then these other businesses are hiring them on. How amazing is that? That is such an amazing story. I'm going to have a link to this story in the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash 167 so that you can read more about it yourself. And again, if you have any amazing stories going on in your community that the general population doesn't know about just yet, send them to me. If you put it on Facebook, hashtag it MOA Good Stuff so that I can find it and I will mention your name as I share the good news story here on Men of Abundance that you shared with me. All right, so that was a very long (laughs) intro before we get to our featured guest today. So we're going to get right into this conversation, but I do want to say right up front, I want you to go check out childrenincorporated.org because our featured guest today is the current CEO of childrenincorporated.org. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Ron Carter. Ron, welcome to Men of Abundance. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be with you. Awesome. I'm I'm glad we got connected. Lori, is, as we were talking pre-show, is one persistent individual. I'm glad she is. But Ron, where are you at in the world? Uh, we are in Richmond, Virginia. Where our headquarters is located. Is that right? Yeah, I have not been too much on the East Coast yet. I definitely have to get over there. I have been to West Virginia, but it was like for a day. And that was about it. That's as far east as I've gone. (laughs) Yeah, our headquarters is in Richmond, Virginia. We've been here for 52 years now. Wow, no kidding. That's amazing. Uh, That is a long time. Well, we're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we do, I like to start the show out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? You know, off the top of my head, I would say the thing I'm most grateful for is good health. You know, I see so many people around here who are dealing with physical ailments, and I'm basically very healthy, and I thank God for that. Yeah, that is definitely something to be thankful for. So, you know, before we got started here, I talked a little bit about what you have going on, but it's more kind of the mechanics of it. But I'd like to ask you, how would you describe yourself? You know, Wally, I would say that I am... I'm a very compassionate and caring person. Um, 
I never take blessings for granted. I know how blessed I am. And I try to live my life as an optimist because uh, I firmly believe that it does us no good to grumble and complain. You know, we can always find the good in every situation. So, you know, that's how I would describe myself, optimistic, hopeful. I hope I'm encouraging other people. I dig that. I, I like what you said about that. And um, it, it really does show on what I've learned of you thus far. And Lori has shared some stuff with me. But here what we're going to do is we're going to get a little bit more into what it is you're doing. But before we do that, one of the things that really defines a lot of people and, and kind of puts them on a path that they didn't originally plan on is what I refer to as a kick in the gut moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is that moment that really kind of takes an individual to their knees and what happens is is some people stay there for much too long and they dwell on it where others they use that energy and they use that that power to propel themselves into a different direction I'd like for you to share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that yeah um, that's pretty easy for me uh, in I would say my probably biggest kick in the gut moment came in 2002 I had spent a dozen years working for another child assistance organization and it was something I really loved. I was, a, I think, a model employee. I had been named employee of the year several times running. And I felt valued there. You know, I really did. I, I dreamt that I would probably work there the remainder of my life and retire from there at some point. And I certainly never thought that I would lose my job. But very suddenly, it happened. I was dismissed along with my entire department had never been through a job loss like that before. So it was, you know, it was incredibly crippling. It was a total kick in the gut. So, you know, I followed that up. I'll admit to you, I was a little depressed. I was frustrated and angry. But it kind of hit me, you know, sometimes, to cop a cliche, when life deals us lemons, we got to make some lemonade. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that sometimes we go through difficult times in order to make us stronger on the other side. So, you know, after I had my short period of wallowing, I got back up and I started looking for another job. And that led me to Children Incorporated, where I am now. I've been here for the last 14 years, uh, been working as the president and CEO of this organization since 2012. So now I look back on that time when I lost that job that I was so confident of, you know, not as a loss, but as a gain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. A lot of times some people really um, kind of identify themselves. They, they, they put their identity in, into what they do. And many times exactly. that's their job. Uh, and, and I've talked to a lot of sports figures as well. And they really define themselves by football, baseball, whatever it is. And then when all of that comes crashing down because of an injury or they get cut or whatever the case may be and laid off or the business folds, whatever the case may be, it's like, well, that's who I was. And really it wasn't and that's what you finally realized how did that happen yeah I realized that just you know by you know I've always been a pretty as I said earlier an optimistic person um, and I try my best when I go through trials to understand why I'm going through the trials to figure out what is the lesson that I've learned from that trial and you know what I learned as you just said was that job did not define me what defined me was my character the person that I am and the person that I am said, Ron, don't wallow in this. Get up, move on, find something better. And I firmly believe that it was all meant to be because when I came to Children Incorporated, I was home. You know, I knew I had found what I was supposed to be doing. I had found the organization I was meant to serve. Yeah. So it's, it's an attitude thing. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I do know. And it's it's just a wonderful thing when you're finally able to realize that, one, you probably weren't as happy as you originally thought in what you were doing before. And it was really, I call it divine intervention, that something did happen to intervene to put you on the path that you were really meant to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is Children Incorporated? What is what is that? And, you know, I have it up here and I've read through some of it, but I want to hear it from you. What what specifically is it? What is the mission? What are you guys doing over there? Well, Children Incorporated's mission is basically to offer uh, education, hope, and opportunity to children who are living in impoverished conditions. Uh, children Incorporated is a child sponsorship and child assistance organization. Uh, as I told you earlier, we've been around since 1964. Uh, we work in a number of states in the United States, but we're also in 22 additional countries around the world. And we go into those different site locations, which would be public schools or orphanages, daycare centers. And we, uh, we link up with people who are already working there to provide for children. We do not go in and hire employees. We work with a network of volunteers. And those people know the, the situations of the various children in their schools and centers. They refer them to us, and then we basically raise money to help provide for the children's most basic needs. And that can be food, clothing, school supplies, in some situations medical assistance. In some places we help pay for uh, you know, their ability to go to school. It's, it's just a real diverse way of helping people. It's not cookie cutter at all because all the children have different needs. Yeah, I like that. And I'm reading, you know, I'm reading through and you work a lot with inner city projects as well in Detroit and Washington, D.C. Uh, to yeah. backpack yeah. feeding. What is that? Explain that. That's very interesting. Yeah, backpack feeding programs are, you know, growing in importance in this country. So what happens is, you know, you have so many children who are living below the poverty line in our country, particularly in inner cities like Detroit's one of the worst, New Orleans, Washington, D.C. And the children go to school Monday through Friday. They receive free breakfast and free lunches. So they're fed fairly well on those days. But then the weekend rolls around or something like this winter break that's getting ready to come up and the kids don't have any food at home. So a lot of our schools and a lot of centers are now preparing backpacks throughout the week where they put easy to open items, you know, like pop top SpaghettiOs or, or granola bars or, you know, simple items that don't have to be cooked. And they put these in a bag and then they send the backpack out on Fridays with the children so they will have food to eat over the weekend. Then the kids return the backpacks on Monday mornings and they're refilled and sent out again the following weekend. Wow, that's so really cool. Yeah, it's a really good I love that. I absolutely love that. And some of the other stuff that really piqued my interest because I've personally been there. I've been to a lot of these places that you guys talk about. Um, Bolivia, I was I was an army medic working with an engineer battalion and we were out there building schools and clinics uh, mm -hmm. for, for people all over South and Central America. And it's so humbling when we would go out and do what we would do, what's referred to as a med ready, where we'd take mm -hmm. a bunch of doctors and dentists and providers wow. and we'd go out into basically the middle of the jungle into some school that's like, you're just going through the jungle, we helicoptered in, there's nobody there for miles. As we get set up and as the word spreads that there's some doctors and clinic and, and dentists in the area, 
these people, I'm talking hundreds of people, just come out of the woodworks, out of the really? woods, literally, uh, with their kids. And they've got everything from machete wounds to they got teeth that need to be pulled because they can't be serviced because they can't come back and be reserviced type of thing. Uh, and, and they're just so unbelievably thankful. Uh, and mm. I was in also drilled water wells in Bolivia for uh, four months uh, with another group of engineers. And when you when you bring water to a community, I'm telling you, you just make the best and most amazing connections. They would throw a huge party for us once we tapped the well. We went through multiple parties, I got to say, in the middle of the evening. But it's just so humbling to know that there's other organizations out there that are doing this for so many people around the world. Uh, so where do you guys, where do you all end up getting your funding from? That's always intrigued me about how that works. Yeah. We are uh, probably 98% funded by individuals. Uh, we, we get a few grants. You know, we, we do get a number of wills and bequests that come in over the years. But probably 95 to 98% of our funding comes from individuals who uh, sign into our sponsorship program to, to sponsor individual children. So, you know, that, that makes us a little different from some organizations because we, we do not receive any government funding. It's all just individually based grants and donations and contributions. I love that. And how much was, would, and because my guys always ask me this type of stuff because I'm always bringing up various nonprofits. If I was to donate $100, how much of that goes towards the cause specifically? Because I know there's business costs as well. How does some of that stuff work, if you don't mind my asking? No, I'd be glad to answer that. I'm, I'm proud to answer that, actually. Uh, Children Incorporated has always had a policy that we never send less than 80% to our project sites. Uh, and we're able to do that. Because, like I said, we only have uh, 15 people who are paid employees and on our staff here in Virginia. But then we work with volunteers who are unpaid in about 280 to 300 project sites around the world. They're already receiving pay from the schools and the centers where they're working. But they take our program on on a totally voluntary basis, so we don't have to pay those huge salaries. So. Because of that, and because we're very frugal with what we spend, we've always adhered to 80% at least going out to the children and going out to programs. And, and let me tell you too, Wally, one thing I'll brag, I'm bragging a little bit more. <laughs> Go um, ahead. It varies you know, slightly from year to year depending on the number of contributions we receive. A uh, couple of years back, we had one of our highest years. We sent 87% out. This past year, we were right at 84%. So, you know, um, we take that very seriously. Wow. Yeah, that's very, very impressive. I have looked at a lot of nonprofit organizations, and, and quite frankly, it sickens me some of the bigger ones that people know um, and contribute to and put bumper stickers on their cars that just really are not doing what they say they're doing. And I'm not going to throw any names out there. It's not important at this point. I just, I'm yeah. very careful about where I put my money because I do enjoy. Um, putting my money where I can do the most help. And I also enjoy going out and, and getting involved myself. So mm -hmm. that's very important for me. And I know it is for the abundant leaders out there as well. So thank you for doing that uh, like that. Ron. Now, it's amazing. I understand when people ask that question because I'm just like you. You know, I contribute to different causes. And I want to know that my money's helping. You know, I, I want to know that I'm actually sending money that's making a difference and not going to pay a big salary. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that matters. 
So, yeah, I'm glad to answer that question. Yeah. So what are some good news stories? I know you've got many, many good news stories, probably more than you can mention after being with the organization for so long and just from the organization itself. But if you could share a couple good news stories with us, because I am just a sucker for those stories. I'd love to tell you a couple. Um, you know, the thing that our sponsorship program does is it not only provides financial resources so that we can provide for the children, you know, like clothes, shoes, educational assistance, but it also offers sponsors an opportunity to send letters and cards to the children that they sponsor. And, you know, those letters and cards can make a huge difference in the life of a child who feels neglected and ignored. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I'll tell you a story. A few years back, I was uh, working at a school in West Virginia, a very poor area, and one of our volunteer site coordinators there told me about a young boy, his name was Robbie, and she said that he was painfully shy, that he was very backward, he was unable to communicate with adults. He shied away from even making friends his own age, primarily because he was so poor. See, he didn't have nice clothes, he, his clothes were ill-fitting, he didn't have good hygiene because his family couldn't afford soaps and shampoos. So this kid was in a difficult situation. He was very disengaged. And when I first met him, he hung his head. He wouldn't look me in the face. He couldn't talk to me. Okay, I left that school. A few months later, I come back for another visit. And this coordinator tells me, she said, Robbie got a sponsor. And Ron, you will not believe the change in this program since he got this sponsor. This woman had been sending him jeans. She had sent him some new sneakers. But she had also been sending him cards and saying, you know, Robbie, you're special, you matter, you're somebody that's significant. And it had elevated this kid to such a level. When I walked up to him in the hall that day, he looked incredible, he was dressed well. He looked me right in the eyes. He shook my hand, he talked to me, he told me what his sponsor meant to him. And he said, you know, it changed my life because this woman, she cares about me and I never had anyone to care about me before. And you know, I've never forgotten that kid. I see his face in my mind sometimes. You know, I don't know what happened to him when he grew out of that program and moved. But I know he had hope as a result of someone caring about him. And he had hope because now he had the right type of clothing. He had uh, he was clean. He could fit in and not feel like he was ostracized because he was less than. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's special. Yeah, just uh, it, it's it's truly amazing what a few words of positive affirmation can do for somebody, and then just having know that there's somebody, even just somebody that he probably hadn't even met face to face, that cares for him and and can encourage him. Yeah. It makes all the difference in the world, you know, because so many times, uh, you know, children, particularly teenagers, have a hard time fitting in anyway. Mm -hmm. And if they're kind of ostracized because they don't have the same things as the other kids and they begin to feel less important, you know, like they don't fit in, they need someone to tell them, no, you're okay, you matter, you're valuable, you're just as worthy of learning. And, and that's what I think happens a lot of times through this sponsorship program. Kids are reaffirmed by their sponsors. And it, it makes a difference. It, it also gives them a sense of belonging, too, because, and that's extremely, extremely important with, and I'm going to go there with all the stuff that's going on, and I've been studying a lot of things in reference to 
you know, people that do heinous crimes or do things, it's because they're lonely. They're, they, they're not, they, they don't have a sense of belonging. Many of them right. are in this situation. So it's extremely important for all of us, especially for men. And that's why I do this Men of Abundance community, because so many men, we get isolated. We get married. We stay with our wife. The wives have their friends and stuff. But men pretty much stay home. And mm-hmm. they stay isolated, and and it's just a sad thing to see. We, we men have to get out and socialize as well, and that young right. man definitely had to be socialized and have a sense of belonging, and then have those positive affirmations shared with him. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see where it went later. Yeah, I would too. Now, you know, we do have some really good success stories, like for example. Um, we have a sponsor who has assisted some children from Colombia, and uh, we know that one of the children that she sponsored like 30 years ago is now a very important lawyer in Colombia. Uh, she graduated from high school, she was able to go to higher ed, and now she's a lawyer. Uh, another thing, we have a school that we work with in Menifee County, Kentucky, which is a very poor area. Two of the teachers in that school were in the Children Incorporated program back in the 1970s. Now they're working in the school to help children. They're managing our program for us there. And you know, we have a lot of examples. We, you mentioned Bolivia earlier. We built a school in Bolivia last year, and we needed somebody to be our hands and our eyes in Bolivia. And we were able to hire this young man named Roberto, who had been on our program many years before, and he was the, the general contractor. He oversaw the project and the building of that school for us. So, you know, there's some incredible success stories that come out of this. Man, that is amazing. I, <laughs> I just absolutely love that. That makes my day hearing those stories wrong. So, brother, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? I'm ready. Excellent. I'm ready. Share one to three actionable steps with men of abundance that they can take today. Well, I'll tell you the first thing I would say. I think that we all need to practice thankfulness. I think that if we avoid becoming negative and pessimistic, if we stop every day and look at the blessings we have in our lives and never take the fact that we have roofs over our head, we have food to eat, we have clothes on our backs, most of us have you know, vehicles, so many things that we take for granted as if those things have to be there, they don't. They could easily be taken away. And that's not said in a pessimistic way, it's said in a realistic way. So we need to stop every day and practice thankfulness and recognize that we are very, very fortunate and very blessed. And I think if we do that, it's going to change our world. It's definitely going to change our lives. Yeah, it absolutely does, 100%. That's why I have an attitude of gratitude starting out the show and mm-hmm. every single morning, an attitude of gratitude. And some nights, depending on my day, I have an attitude of gratitude just before I go to bed at night because it... It helps me sleep better. It, you know, it just yep. makes me productive in my sleep, to be honest with you. I truly feel we, that way. If you think about it, Wally, negativity makes us sick. It does. You know, it makes us sick. It steals us of joy. But if we're thankful and we, we do have that attitude of gratitude, everything about us is going to be different. You know, we're going to see the world in a different way. We're going to interact with the people around us in a different way. So, yeah. Absolutely. Attitude and gratitude. I'm with you on that 100%. Yeah, makes a huge difference. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your, in your life, Ron? I think trying to be, again, optimistic. You know, if something's going on here at the office that's overwhelming, 
I try not to look at it from um, from the worst possible angle. I try to look at it and like what's going to come out of this that can be productive. What's going to come out of this that can be good, you know? Yeah. And uh, another thing too is I think it's important to always say thank you to people, to acknowledge those people around you who are, you know, offering something in your life, who are maybe reaffirming you, giving you positive energy. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are very important to me. Very important. Wonderful, wonderful. What would you recommend to our abundant leaders to read, and why? You know, I thought about that a lot uh, as I was leading up to the show. That's a hard one for me because, you know, I read a little bit of everything. I'm probably reading constantly. But there was one book uh, that came out last year called Hillbilly Elegy by a guy named J.D. Vance. It was a best-selling book, and he got a lot of coverage. For people who are interested in knowing about the Children Incorporated program, how our sponsorship program works, and why we have such a large concentration throughout eastern Kentucky and the Appalachian region, that book, Hillbilly Elegy, gives a good picture. It shows you the mindset of the people that we're serving. You know, it's not 100% accurate as far as what we deal with, but it's very close. So it, it kind of gives a new face to poverty. You know, it helps people to say, well, why do people live like this? Why don't they just get up and do better? If you read this book, Hillbilly Elegy, it'll help you to understand that it's not always a matter of just getting up and doing better. It's a matter of dealing with what you've been dealt and living in the circumstances that you can find yourself. So I recommend that book. Um, it's definitely an interesting read. Yeah, that's right on time for me personally because I have personally been studying poverty uh, very at various levels, how to help, how some people help and think they're helping, but they're really not helping on a national level. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's something that I definitely, I'll definitely be looking for that one. And I have heard of that book in my studies of poverty, so I definitely got to go out and pick it up since you recommended it. Yeah, yeah, it was recommended to me by a friend about a year ago, and uh, I had a number of our people on our staff read it, and we actually, I, a church that I attend, we shared it in a Sunday school class because. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's enlightening. It's eye-opening. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. And I'll have it linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com as well. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance, Ron? I think, again, uh, attitude. I think attitude's a huge thing. I think if we have a positive attitude and we're, we're looking at things in um, a light-filled type way, we're going to accomplish a lot more. But if we're negative and we're grumbling, complaining, and fault-finding... Uh, we're going to hit roadblocks left and right. Yeah. Attitude matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you? You know, I'm never, I've never been one of those people that has to have tons of stuff. You know, stuff doesn't mean anything. So for me, a life of abundance is just having all I need. You know, the roof over the head, the clothing, food to eat, uh, the basics. And secondly, I think a life of abundance is being caring and compassionate and being aware of the struggles that others face around us. And I I think doing whatever we can to help alleviate some of the pain and the struggling in the world. Because while I believe that we're all connected, and I think as such that we all have to care and help one another. You know, so it's important to be aware of other people suffering and not become so caught up in our own lives that we neglect to see what's happening. Being aware of other people's struggles and then doing what you can to alleviate some of those struggles. That absolutely sums it up. 
you know, it may be something small. It doesn't have to be something elaborate, but we can all do something to help somebody else. So we're going to close this up, Ron, but before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Well, I just want to say to you, thank you very much for including me on the show. Uh, this has really been a pleasure for me to talk with you today. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in Men of Abundance, and I'll be pursuing finding out more about your group. Uh, I just want people to know, I guess, that you know the organization I work for, Children Incorporated, though it's not one of the best-known organizations in the world, it's a good organization, and we help lots of children around the world. And I, I would hope maybe that following this podcast that some, some of the listeners will go out to our website, childreninc.org, and learn a little more about us. Maybe give us a call here at the office and ask them some questions on how can they help, what can they do. Because, you know, we're all seeking somewhere that we can make a difference. And I think if you find a good, honest, loyal organization that can help you, that's the first step. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to take it just a little bit further, guys. I'm going to tell you personally, I think you should definitely take a look at this organization and see what they're doing and also get your kids involved in the process. Don't just do it in a bubble. Don't do it with yourself. Get your kids involved. Get your family involved. Let them see what's going on and find out if this is truly a way that you feel that you can resonate with to help other kids. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Wally, I will say this, if anyone has questions, we try our best to answer our telephone. We're not one of those organizations where you go through 15,000 push buttons and get a lot of voice messages. So if people want to give us a call here and ask us questions or learn about immediate needs, we're more than willing to answer that phone call. You know, most of the time we'll answer it and talk to you individually. So yeah, I appreciate what you had to say very much. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate that. And I'll be looking into it myself for sure, Ron. Thanks oh, just so much for jumping on the call with me today. I look forward to uh, sharing you with all of the abundant leaders out there, man, and just go out and live your life of abundance. And Ron, keep paying it forward, brother. Thank you. Aloha. All right, guys, as you know, there are so many ways to do amazing things in the world, and it does not have to be on a global scale. It can start right in your own home. It can start in your community. It can go throughout your city, whatever it is that you want to do. I strongly encourage you to not only give of your treasures, but give of your time and talents because that's where the real happiness comes from. It's easy to write a check. And many of you have been contributing. But when you contribute with your treasures and time, that just takes it to a whole new level. That's really where you start feeling the humanity and you feel the value and you see the value that you're giving to others. To just send a check, it's needed. Don't get me wrong. But if you can do all three and give of your times, talents, and treasures, or just give of, of your time and your talents. It goes so far as well. And the children are, in fact, our future. And I don't just mean our children. I mean children of the world are the future. Think about that. Now go out and live your life of abundance. And guys, make sure to pay for it. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.